So, big welcome back to the Blue Light Podcast. This is the only place to find out all you need to know about the police recruitment process, whether it's in the UK or anywhere else in the world. So, I'm Brendan from Blue Light, and over the past several years, I've been coaching and supporting people for the police recruitment process. There's a good 5,000 people who are in the police service now as a result of my support. And going back 35 years... I've been helping to support people as well as a tutor constable, as a sergeant, as an inspector. So I hope my advice and guidance has some value and worth for you. Anyway, today I'm going to be looking at a few different subjects. Uh, to start with, how the Daily Mail have been talking about the police dumbing down entry standards. And I just don't think they are. So a little bit about that. And are we going to see a new start of austerity and a recession i think we're definitely going to see a recession but is this going to impact on police forces ability to recruit the sort of numbers that they were going to recruit pre-covid from there we're going to take a look at the online assessment process and how the metropolitan police might actually buck the trend and move to a face-to-face assessment um also some a little bit about some research and into how people who actually know someone in the police are more likely to succeed in the police recruitment process and how the new College of Policing online process might be further discriminating against people who are black, Asian, minority, ethnic. And finishing off with some news about my weekly webinar, I so hope you can join us on that webinar. I'll tell you a little bit about how to access it because it's not for everyone. Very exclusive. So, Back to the first point. Um, article in the Daily Mail this week talked about how the police are dumbing down entry standards to meet Boris Johnson's pledge to recruit 20,000 officers. They're, they're revealing this. And how only 10 forces have started the degree holder entry programme. Only 22 have started the police constable degree apprenticeship. And what they're really looking for is a blue collar first approach. What a load of nonsense. I mean, it's just not news at all. I've got to say, I know I don't want to get into this. People often call the Daily Mail the Daily Fail, but on this occasion, they really have failed. This is not news. So to start with, they talk about how there's 28,000 officers needed to just replace those who are leaving. Yeah, tell me something that isn't news. That's been knowledge for years about 9,000 officers leave the police service every year sometimes it's 8,000 but that will equate to about 28,000 officers who are going to leave over the next three years so no news there Uh, only 10 forces have introduced a degree holder entry program yes only 10 have introduced it now but the rest have got dates in place for this summer this autumn to roll out that program and only 22 have got the police constable degree apprenticeship up and running yes only 22 have got it up and running now but that number is going to increase because every force has got a plan to introduce it but certainly by the end of this year so um let's talk about how many have scrapped this approach no they haven't can i just reassure you folks that the forces have not scrapped this approach and you do not need a degree to get into the police because that's what it intimates on the job uh, degrees and graduate schemes have been shelved in in favor of a blue collar first approach where this blue collar first approach comes from i don't know all of this is about professionalizing the police it's not saying that the police aren't professional what it's saying is that it's just not right for the police to have no kind of qualification to uh, carry out their role 
I've served for 28 years as a police officer. I have no qualifications whatsoever. Nothing. Nothing. I'm completely unqualified as a police officer. And you, are you okay with that? I mean, this is one of the most risky um, professions out there in terms of the risks you have to take on a daily basis, the difficult decisions you have to make on an hourly basis. And you're telling me that it's okay for all of those police officers to have no qualification whatsoever. Well, I'm not with you on that. I think that the police should have qualifications and we should get out of this whole degree thing that you've got to have a degree. Yes, in the future, you will have to get a degree. But you've either got a degree now, so you're educated to a certain level, or the police training programme that existed before that's just been extended and it's been improved by a huge amount. I've spoken to the people who are running it, and I'm really impressed. It's improved by a, a massive amount. So the police training is now three years long as opposed to two years long. And at the end of it, as opposed to getting a piece of paper that's worthless, you get a degree. What is so wrong with that? The only thing I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit puzzled about is the different entry standards. So um, Merseyside Police, for example, just wants two GCSEs, one in maths and one in English, and Northumbria Police wants 120 UCAS points. That's three Bs at A level. So I don't get that. You know, I have challenged the College of Policing on that and have said, well, you know, different forces have got different needs. Now, Merseyside Police and Northumbria Police, they're pretty much the same. They've both got big cities that present huge challenges. They've both got urban areas. They've both got some rural areas. There is no difference, really, between Northumbria and Merseyside. I'd put them in the same sort of basket of forces. So I don't get that. You know, there's a lot of things here I don't get about degrees. But the Daily Mail, I'm sorry, you've done a big fail again, again. So moving on from that, some news that actually is true. It was reported this week in the uh, Daily Standard that the Metropolitan Police, um, through uh, the uh, local authority for the Met area, which is Sadiq Khan's office, um, is facing a 500 million shortfall. And he's asked the police and fire service to um, prepare savings proposals for the end of November because we are, quote, entering a new era of austerity. Now, I don't think this is any big secret. We're entering a recession. It's going to be a global recession. How long it takes us to get out of it, I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. No one's got that crystal ball. But there is an ambition. The, well, it's not just an ambition. It was a promise pre-COVID-19 that the police will recruit an additional 20,000 officers over the next three years. They're not extra officers because the Conservative government actually reduced the number of officers over a 10-year period by over 20,000. So actually, it's just about, just almost replacing what they took away. And that was going to happen over three years. As the Daily Mail correctly said, 28,000 police officers are going to need to be recruited just to account for those who are leaving. So we add 20,000 to that, we've got 48,000. Most people are saying because of a dropout rate, it's probably going to be about 50,000 that are going to need to be recruited. Anyway, 48,000 to 50,000, it is a huge challenge and it is going to require a massive, massive investment. So what's going to happen if we hit another recession? Are all deals going to be off the table? Well, I, I think there might be actually. So although th these were promises, it's almost like um, saying, yeah, well, we, we promised to uh, develop 
the country. We promised to help develop the rest of the world. We promised a new era of um, uh, that's the exact opposite of austerity, that we're going to be successful. We're going to, yeah, but it's all off the table now. We are hitting a time of recession. So I, I think there might be some news here that the 20,000 promise may become something that is a promise made in a different way. So as opposed to three years, it's 20,000 officers over six years. Or what we may see is we're going to reduce that to 10,000 or 15,000 with an ambition, with an ambition to increase that next year should the recession start receding and should we start moving out of this new period of austerity. 20,000 officers to retain that promise I think would be a very bold thing to do, especially as other services are going to suffer. So I don't know. This is my prediction. So I'll just watch this one carefully and I'll report back on it on a monthly basis almost that, you know, I'll be watching other forces to see what their plans are in terms of their recruitment drives. But I don't think it's any um, coincidence that the Metropolitan Police during the COVID-19 lockdown has actually stopped recruitment where every other force in the country has adopted the new online assessment process that the College of Policing introduced. The Metropolitan Police haven't. We haven't. And they're the biggest recruiter. I think they were recruiting um, just several months ago about 600 officers every six weeks. So 600, 700 officers every six weeks. That is a huge number. That's a huge number. And they've just turned the tap off. Now, I wonder if they've been taking a look at this COVID-19 and thinking a recession is on its way, we're going to have less money, so put the brakes on recruitment. Besides which, everything I'm being told through my spies in the police recruitment world is that the Metropolitan Police don't trust the new online assessment process. And why should they? Because other forces around the country have had uh, another, a second assessment process that they wrap around it. So there's an interview which may involve group exercises, hard to do at the moment, but instead of the group exercises, instead they're doing things like a competency-based interview, values-based interview, strength-based interview, uh, what would you do if type scenarios that you're presented with, and presentations. So some forces will require you to do a 10-minute presentation, even over Microsoft Teams or over Skype. So the Metropolitan Police, though, is the only force that hasn't done that. And they've never had anything like that. They've just had the day one assessment process and before that, the search assessment process. Past that, past the medical, past the fitness, past vetting, and you're in. So that would result in people joining the Metropolitan Police through the new online assessment process who've had no human interaction at all with anyone in the police. Nothing. Because there is no human interaction in any part of the online assessment process. Stage one, situational judgment tests, no human interaction. Stage two, the interview. It's not an interview. An interview means that two people talk to each other. You are not talking to another person. There is no other person at the end of the software. You are uploading answers to an interview question, to a question, not an interview question. You're uploading answers to a question to some software that's marked later on by an assessor remotely. So not an interview, no human interaction. The written exercise, there's no camera on you at all. So no human interaction. The briefing exercise, it's not a briefing. It's you being presented with a community policing type scenario and you're going to be asked 12 questions about it. You've got a minute to think about it, three minutes to upload your answer. Again, you're uploading your answer to some software, no human interaction. 
So no surprise that the Metropolitan Police are thinking, hang on a minute, we can't recruit people just based on this. And so my spies are telling me that they're going to introduce the new Day One Assessment Centre. When I say new, it's been knocking around for about two years now. They're going to introduce it in July. I know that their assessors have been warmed up for this. They've been asked, you know, what's your diary commitments look like? Start getting yourself ready for Day One being introduced in July because lockdown is starting to get a little bit more... um, okay for face-to-face contact i mean we've got a government now that's looking at reducing the two meters to one meter and certainly the times i've been out i'd be looking at the the movements of the my fellow members of the public and thinking do you know we could be forgiven for thinking that covid19 just isn't a thing anymore so i wonder what's going on there and i wonder if there's difficult conversations going on between the metropolitan police and the college of policing because i've challenged the college of policing on this on twitter I've challenged Met Training on this on Twitter. Actually, Metropolitan Training have blocked me. Can you believe that? So what a great day. I've been blocked by Metropolitan Police Training on Twitter because I'm asking them difficult questions. Actually, they're not difficult questions. Are you going to start the day one this summer or are you not? Commit to an answer, please. College of Policing. I've heard that the Metropolitan Police are going to deliver the day one from July. What's your position on this? Um, I didn't even ask what's your position on this. Are they allowed to? Because you said every force will run the new online assessment process till the end of the year. So Mike Cunningham, the Chief Constable of uh, College of Policing, good for him as well. Good for him that he replied. So I really appreciate it, Mike. He came back and said that my position is really clear. All forces will do the new online assessment process until the end of this year. I don't think that's going to happen. I do believe the Mets are going to go against that. And if they go against it, I wonder how many other forces are going to go against it as well, because they'll be looking at it thinking, we're not entirely happy about this online assessment process. For more reasons that I'm going to go into a moment, not just the fact that there's no human interaction. So we would like to go back to something that's more face-to-face. So who knows? Another one of these, let's watch this space. So back to uh, the College of Policing Stage 3 of the online assessment process and some links to some research that I remember being conducted a few years ago by a Lancashire inspector, I think he's now a chief inspector, called uh, Gareth Stubbs. And if you follow him on Twitter, he's not so active anymore, he used to be very active, but he's, uh, you can find him under at Dedicated Peeler. And he certainly is, I've met him several times, Gareth. Really, really dedicated individual. But he did some really interesting research uh, a couple of years ago, and it was research that was grounded in evidence. So it wasn't sort of research, uh, finger in the air research. I think this is happening. It was This is proper research that is academically defensible, that is um, being conducted in a way that means that you can accept it as being evidence of truth, evidence of truth at that time, that this is what is happening in the world. Certainly in the world of police recruitment, certainly in the world of police recruitment in the Lancashire Constabulary. So what he found was that 93% of recruits, police recruits, know someone in the police service. So the question he asked is, does that make the majority of successful officers, friends and acquaintances of the current demographic So if you think about it, if 93% of everyone who's successful knows someone in the police, that's not just uh, my auntie was in the police 20 years ago and I've seen her once or twice over my life. No, this is is people who they are in contact with, close contact with. So these are people who can advise and guide them through the process. 
Now, why is this relevant to the College of Policing Stage 3? Well, in the Stage 3 of the new online assessment process, you have to do a written exercise and you have to do a briefing exercise. Although the guidance says that you do not need any knowledge of police procedures and practices to be able to go into this online assessment process, that's not the case. I mean, no one's breaching any ethics or any confidentiality, but what I'm being told by those people who have gone through Stage 3 is that that advice is incorrect. You do need to have some knowledge of policing practices because they put you in a position of being a police officer and then they're going to give you, they, they do give you in a written exercise, a community policing type scenario. I mean, this is all in the guidance. Um, and then they ask you to write about what you would do. Similarly, in the briefing exercise, you're asked 12 questions about a developing scenario, a developing crime stroke community policing scenario where you're the police officer in charge and you've got to say what you're going to do to deal with certain scenarios as they develop. If this doesn't require a level of police knowledge, I, you know, I, I don't know what does. Um, I've had a PCSO, one of my clients who've sat it, and she's 12 years experience as a PCSO, and she said it was really challenging. Even with her experience of uh, being a PCSO for 12 years, she felt the briefing was really challenging. Those were her words. And so those people who've got that close proximity to people in the police naturally are going to ask them, so if there was a problem in the community, how would the police go about dealing with it? And so they're going to have the edge. And they are going to naturally have the edge over others. And those people who have got no contacts with the police are just going to be flailing around thinking, I really don't know what to say. And that is true of so many people on the Blue Light Facebook group. By the way, there's a link below to it. There's almost 12,000 people in it now. Can you believe that? Almost 12,000 people. And what more than several of them have been saying is, I found this so difficult because I just didn't know what to say and I just found myself repeating myself over and over again because I just did not know what to say. And it's not their fault because they've read the guidance and it says you don't need to have any knowledge of policing. And then they put you in a position of being a police officer and ask you to deal with a community policing problem. So, no, yes, you do need to have some knowledge. And those people who have already got that close proximity to someone's in the police are going to be more successful than those who aren't. Now, if we think about the current demographic of the police, it is nowhere near reflective of the communities that we're a part of. So in terms of black and Asian minority ethnic uh, officers, there is no force in the country that's representative, not one. There are some who are nudging close to it, like North Yorkshire Police, where we are in York. Um, our police service here in North Yorkshire Police is getting close to it, but they've got a deputy chief constable who's driving this. He's BAME himself. Um, Deputy Chief Constable Phil Kane doing a great job in, in, in everything he does, actually. I'm really impressed with him. He's doing a fantastic job, and they're close to it, close to it, but they're not there yet. There's no country that's representative. And so if the people who are getting that advice are going to their close friends and their close relatives who are in the police, it's more than likely than not that they are of the same demographic. So what we're doing, actually, in having this assessment process is just increasing the... Um, the number of people who know someone in the police who are successful, which means that we're recruiting more and more people like us, like us in inverted commas, which means we are not doing what we need to do to recruit a more legitimate and more representative police service. Add to this the fact that for the day one assessment centre and for the search assessment centre, you are more likely to be failed if you are black, Asian, minority, ethnic than if you're white, British. And this isn't my data. This is data from the College of Policing. And it's just unacceptable, 
unacceptable for me that we're doing this is that if you are a black Asian minority ethnic, only 50% of you will pass the day one assessment centre versus 71% of white British. Should I just repeat that again? Because for me, that is just, I've mentioned it before, I'm going to mention it again. It's absolutely outrageous that 71% of white British candidates are passed but only 50% of black and Asian minority ethnic candidates are passed. And that pattern's been going on for years. So in terms of recruiting uh, people who are going to add to the diversity of our police forces so they can be more legitimate and more representative, on two accounts there, we're not succeeding. We're making the recruitment process such that you are more likely to succeed if you know people in the police already. And because they're in the police already, they're less likely to be representative of the community. And when we take them through the assessment process, we find that actually we are failing people who are black, Asian, minority, ethnic by a huge percentage. It's between 15 and 25 percent. That's the College of Policing data over the past several years, between 15 and 25 percent difference. If it was one or two percent, I'd get it. I'd say, well, look, you know, we need to do a little bit of work, but this needs a huge amount of work. I tweet about it on an almost daily basis, and I'm sorry, chief officers, not good enough. Not good enough. You really do need to pick up on this. And so what are we going to do if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I don't know anyone in the police service who's going to be able to help me? And in the College of Policing, guidance for the new online assessment process, it talks about having a friend or a colleague to discuss the process with. And you're thinking, I've got no friends or colleagues who are in the police. Well, actually, you do. You do. Here I am. I'll be your friend and colleague. Listen, join us, join us, join us. There are almost 12,000 people in the Blue Light Police Recruitment Facebook support group. That's almost 12,000 people who are also going to be your friends and colleagues. A lot of them, a lot of them, my guess is over 2,000 of them are now serving officers. That's probably pushing almost 3,000 now. There are retired officers in there because I know them and they are there to help support you. And there are serving officers who I've worked with years ago, not just officers who have been successful in the recruitment process over the past year or two, who've decided to stay in the group. The groups are only four years old. Uh, but people who I've worked with in the past, um, who are now sergeants and inspectors, really good people. They will be your friends and your colleagues. They will help you. I will help you. Join our group, and that's the way to get access to my exclusive webinars that start tomorrow. So I'm starting it tomorrow, a weekly webinar only for people in that group. And there I will share 35 years of experience and expertise in policing, 15 years of, of experience in community policing, which will help you with the stage three, and 32 years of experience of helping to support people in the police recruitment process and police specialist interviews and police promotion boards. Join us now. Join us seriously. Last month, there were 39,000, it's going up all the time, 39,000 posts, comments and reactions. Can you believe that? Almost 40,000 posts, comments and reactions. All of them. Well, one or two of them not. We always delete those. But one or two out of all of that number is acceptable. But the majority of them, 99.9% .9 of them, are all about police recruitment. So this is the place to find your friends and colleagues. This is the place to get the edge. So, folks, on that invite, I'd be really excited to see you on the webinars. Actually, you may not be able to get on the webinars because they're limited to 500. 500 people 
It's limited to 500 people. You'll get your own personal invitation to it. Uh, you have to click on the link to get that invitation, and that link is only in the Blue Light Police Recruitment Facebook support group. I shall see you on one of those webinars. I'd love to hear your questions because you can chat with me during those webinars. I'll help guide you through the process. Remember, you do have a friend. You do have a colleague. There's almost 12,000 of them, and I'm proud to be part of that group. I shall see you in the group. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. I hope you found it useful. Um, I look forward to your feedback. I'm getting some, some feedback from people about the podcast, where they listen to the podcasts and what they get out of the podcasts. I know there's a huge number of you who are now listening to these. Last week alone, last week's podcast had over over 100,000 people listen to it. So um, I'm honoured and privileged to be in a position where you are interested in what I've got to say. I hope I keep that interest going. Um, and if you've got any ideas or anything you want me to do a podcast on, then please do drop me a line to info at bluelightconsultancy.com. And I will love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you about your ideas for future podcasts or join the Facebook group and just let me know. Just say, Brendan, an idea for your next podcast and I'll pick it up from there. I look forward to seeing you in the Facebook group. Catch up with you next week. Bye bye for now. <laughs>